and welcome along to episode 77 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Uh, I'm Ed McIntyre and joining me remotely, as always, is Charles Foster. Charles, how are you? I'm fine, mate. How are you? I'm uh, very well. Very well indeed. Uh, we've got plenty coming up, I'm sure. Loads to talk about. We haven't recorded for, for two weeks or so. I think it was just the international break and we both just decided to to just forget about it for a week, really. Take some time <laughs> off. So, uh, yeah, we, we're, we're back now after after two weeks off and we've got plenty to to discuss in this show and catch up on. Uh, we've, of course, got to look back on Leeds United's previous game, which was two weeks ago, uh, that one-all draw with Manchester City at Ellen Road. We've got plenty of news to catch up on as well before we look ahead to Leeds United's next game, which sees them take on Wolverhampton Wanderers at Ellen Road on Monday night. Loads coming up here on the All Things Leeds podcast. Now, we know that this game was two weeks ago, but let's start by looking back on Leeds United's one-all draw with Manchester City's Pep Guardiola's Manchester City at Ellen Road. Uh, a great point here. And Charles, everyone was expecting a really good game and this game certainly didn't disappoint, did it? No, it was certainly very entertaining. Um, it wasn't the most stress-free game of football I've ever watched, particularly in the in the first 25 minutes but um, it was very enjoyable lots of chances very 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 open. one of the most open games of football I've ever seen particularly in the second half <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed like it was just every team was constantly in the other team's 18 yard box it was very uh, it was very fast paced and there was a lot of intensity to it but yeah I enjoyed it I enjoyed it it was a good game it's these are the games we wanted to see. I know it got built up a little bit in the uh, in the media. I would do with Pep versus Bielsa and stuff, and Sky had to build up and stuff. But it, it but it was it was very entertaining. Yeah, certainly it was, and yeah, even though it was against Manchester City, and I went into the game with no expectations <laughs> at all. I know that I predicted a win for the game, but realistically, I did have I had no expectations heading into it because you're looking at it thinking. We're against Manchester City, who are a world-class team, Champions League semi-finalists last season, won the Carabao Cup last season. I think it is smart to go into these into these kind of games with no expectations. So if you do lose and lose heavily, which can so easily happen, then you're not left too disappointed. Uh, but in the end, it, it was quite nervy. I know I was really hoping that Leeds United would uh, would hold on for a point because we, we deserved it really. And uh, yeah, it was a very uh, very entertaining game. Certainly didn't uh, disappoint at all. And as you mentioned, in the first 20, 25 minutes or so, Leeds United were really under the cosh. Manchester City were relentless. You know, the fact that it took Leeds United four minutes and 50 seconds to make a single touch inside City's half just says it all, really, about the early stages. Leeds United were really uh, on, on the back foot. Uh, De Bruyne almost caught uh, Messier out with a free kick, uh, but luckily for Leeds, his, uh, his uh, effort hit the uh, post. Uh, now, Charles Messier... He's a fantastic goalkeeper, especially for a 20-year-old. But would you think it's fair to say that uh, he could improve on his positioning at set pieces? I think slightly, but I think the free kick caught everybody out. I, was, I wasn't expecting it. And I think Mesley was expecting to have to compete in the air to catch it or yeah. to punch it away. But those are the kind of things that the players like De Bruyne can do. So you have to be wary of that. And you also yeah. have to be pay, paying enough attention to know that you're not you're not supposed to, you're supposed to be running towards the towards the penalty spot before you have to and leaving your line. Yeah, I do think sometimes that he's um, he gives himself a little bit too much to do with his positioning. 
and I think he backs himself, which I, I do like to see in a goalkeeper. But he is going to get caught out with things like that if he if he doesn't tighten up slightly. But I'm, I, these are small criticisms. He's had a fantastic season so far, yeah. and I thought he had a good game in general. To be honest, I haven't really got any major complaints, and I thought De Bruyne, other than that first twenty five minutes, was smothered really by uh, by the by the midfield. I thought Calvin and uh, Click did a job on him really. I don't think he did much, and I think. Um, Folding uh, as well didn't get as much joy as soon as we clamped down on that on that middle and got a bit more confidence. I think the first twenty five minutes was was fear. I think we were a bit shell shocked. I think we were. Uh, what I was saying to my my brother when I was watching it was that we we looked like we're expecting to concede here. They look like we're we're just waiting for the first one to go in, and you can't can't go out. You can't play like that because you you'll you'll just lose. And I think it was a. Uh, it took took the first goal going in and getting out of our own half a bit and a few few nice touches here and then a few little patterns of play before we got enough confidence to really properly kick on. And once we did kick on, we I thought we I thought we matched them to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I thought we we certainly had our chances. I think uh, particularly the fullbacks. So yeah, that, that first twenty five minutes, I think it was just a bit of shell shock and a bit of fear. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I think that's a, a, a fair assessment, really. And Calvin Phillips said after the game, he said that they probably showed Manchester City too much respect in that opening 20 minutes or so. And yeah, I, I'd certainly agree. We really were, uh, yeah, shell-shocked, as you say. And yeah, that De Bruyne free kick, I don't think anyone was expecting it, but I think Messier should think, all right, it's De Bruyne here. He's a world-class midfielder, arguably the best midfielder in the world. So we can't really, you know, be too safe and, and sure that it's going to be a cross. So uh, yeah. I do think positionally he can improve, but overall he is you know, a fantastic goalkeeper and a fantastic season, and he was uh, good in this game. And yeah, De Bruyne to, to make him quiet for the majority of the game was really good when the midfield eventually grew into the game. I thought uh, Phillips especially in that first half, he was crowded out a bit, but you know we, we got out of them together and uh, yeah, we did, we did slowly uh, grow into the game and yeah, matched them really, which was uh, really impressive to see. Uh, but yeah, City created loads of chances early on. Uh, Torres had an effort blocked off the line by Dallas. Uh, but of course, the goal came on 17 minutes for Raheem Sterling here, cutting in from the left-hand side and killing the ball into the bottom right-hand corner. And I think you've got to take hats off here and say, you know, it's a, it's a fantastic finish from Sterling. But do you think the defence could have done a bit better to prevent this goal, Charles? Yeah, I think the City's front line pressed Meslier quite well and um, forced him into a couple of mistakes with his distribution. So he he, he kind of lofts the ball out um, towards Luke Hale and he gets intercepted and City basically come on to us immediately. It, initially, I think I don't know if it's Sterling or, or Foden, I can't remember which player it was, it was, it was a while ago now, <laughs> um, gives the ball away to Liam, to Liam Cooper, uh, back to him. So he has the opportunity to clear, but he clears poorly. He basically clears it straight back to one of their players. And then, so that's his first mistake. And then his second mistake is he um, he dives in at the wrong moment to try and block Sterling's shot. And so Sterling yeah. rounds him and, and uh, there's not enough pressure from the rest of the defence um, to you know, force him into having a bit more of a difficult shot. So it, it's just straight in the corner. When you give players like Raheem Sterling of that quality, that time and space, they will punish you. So I think that 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 goal certainly felt like it was coming. But I did feel feel that a few minutes after, a few minutes after that, we did we did improve. Yeah, but but you must admit though, when that goal went in, you were thinking, all right, we've been been on the back foot uh, since the first minute here. Uh, you know, for the first 20 minutes or so, Manchester City are winning up. This is the first of many goals. You, you must admit that you probably did think that, but no, Leeds United slowly but surely grew into the game. 
And yeah, as you said, uh, you know, we, we match Manchester City really, which is a uh, fantastic when you consider the caliber of player they have compared to us. Um, you know, at least created a few chances. Dallas had a one on one, which the uh, defender Carl Walker I think did quite well there. Alioski, of course, headed just over the bar uh, very early on. Bamford also had a strike as well. Uh, but the big chance obviously came just before half time with uh, Calvin Phillips' free kick, trying to find Luke Aylin on that right hand side, making a run, and Mendy made a horrible mess of it. Let uh, Ailing uh, through. He beat a man, but then couldn't beat Edison. And you know, Luke Ailing. You know, I, I think you know you need to consider that he is a right back. He's not a clinical finisher, and yeah, it was a good chance. He probably should have maybe scored, but I do think you got to take hats off to Edison here. I thought it was fantastic goalkeeping, really. Yeah, I think Ailing did everything right. He um, he forced the mistake out of Mendy, collected the ball, and then he, he cuts inside onto his left, which dodges at least one of the city's centre halves. Sends him for a hot dog there, as, as people say, <laughs> and. Uh, then it's um, it's just good goalkeeper from from Edison. It, it calls him calls him down quickly, makes himself big, and just blocks the shot. So it was it was a great chance. I thought Mendy in particular was um, we targeted him very well. I thought he he, he didn't he had a decent game attacking wise at Benjamin Mendy, but he defensively he looked he looked off it. His positioning was off. He was too high up, and I don't think he got to grips properly, um, which is why later on in the game, as we're going to discuss, I thought Pervader ripped him to pieces. To be honest. Um, so, um, yeah. yeah, but this this is the first time that, that Ailing properly started exploiting Mendy's weak, defensive weaknesses down that side. And I think particularly after Mendy got booked, it got worse because Leeds targeted his side far more because they knew that if, if he if he dived in or lunged anything, he was getting sent off. So we could afford to take a few more risks down his side. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, th- I thought uh, the fullbacks in particular, as you were saying, were by far our most dangerous outlet. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd certainly agree. But uh, yeah, big chance just before half time. Of course, 1 0 to City at half time. Uh, Alioski came off at the break for a 20 year old winger, Ian Perveda, uh, playing against his former club, of course. And uh, yeah, Perveda, I thought Perveda was, was fantastic. You know, for a 20 year old, he's got so much confidence, bags of ability. And yeah, he was really, really good. Changed the game for Leeds going forward, in my opinion, especially on that right hand side. Uh, as you say, you know, we, we put Mendy under serious pressure and you know, the fact that Mendy went off during that second half and Nathan Ake just shows the job that Perveda did on, on Mendy. I thought Perveda was, was excellent, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought it was a really astute move by Bielsa to switch Costa to the other other side. I thought it was uh, far more effective uh, on the other side than he was down Mendy's side. I thought Costa was really not great um, for the first kind of 30 minutes or so. And I thought once he... Once, um, Perveda came on in the second half and they swapped sides. I thought it was it was far more effective. I thought it was getting far more joy. Yeah, Perveda was brilliant. I think he did have a bit of a point to prove um, with it being his former club and um, obviously signing for us on a free transfer. But I thought, yeah, he was excellent. It, it really was brilliant. And I'm, this is why it was it confused me when we signed another winger because I thought, well, we kind of got <laughs> one for free already. <laughs> yeah, but we'll get on to that later. On. We'll get on to that later on. I thought it was brilliant yeah. this game, and I thought he was probably man of the match to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd somewhat agree with that. I thought, yeah, I thought Pavida was, was really good, and we certainly didn't miss Jack Harrison, which I thought we would. I thought we would miss Harrison, of course, he who couldn't play against his uh, his parent club. He's of course on your loan from from City. So, yeah, I, I didn't feel as though we missed Jack Harrison. I thought Pavida, you know, proved everyone wrong. He, he proved a point, made a point, and uh, yeah, I thought it was a uh, very good. Uh, I was surprised to not see Rodrigo come on at half time though for for Tyler Roberts, which we've uh, become used to seeing. Uh, so far this season. Uh, and Charles, again, Tyler Roberts, he didn't have a, a great game in that first half, did he? 
No, I, I, he just really didn't suit the game. But I mean, Rodrigo came on, I think, the 55th minute anyway. So he did come on pretty soon after yeah. the restart. So, yeah, but Rodrigo was brilliant as well. He was causing all sorts of problems with um, with his link-up play. And his, um, he just chose to have a shot at every given opportunity or try and force a chance where there wasn't a chance or try and... There was uh, several times where he, he was just trying to get the ball to Bamford and the box didn't always come off. Obviously, his you know chance shot towards Edison forced the save, which eventually led to the corner, which led to his, him scoring the goal. Our goal, I should say. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, he was causing a lot of problems. And I think he was just yeah. more doing, doing a lot more. Um, he just seemed a lot more present in the game than Roberts was. Roberts seemed to be dri- a bit drifting, a bit anonymous. Didn't really yeah. seem to be doing much. He just seemed to be too close to Bamford at all times. Well, I mean, we've discussed this in the past about how he's, uh, he tends to drift too far forward and doesn't do enough of the defensive running that we require for the system. But he was, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was pleased to see Rodrigo come on. I thought him and Pervera re- really swung the game, and you could yeah. see that by the substitutions that Guardiola was making, bringing um, bringing the likes of Ake on at left back and Fernandinho on uh, to basically shore up because they were because we were getting far too far forward in the game. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I thought Pavedo and Rodrigo changed the game completely. And my man of the match, personally, was uh, was Rodrigo. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, were you surprised to not see Rodrigo start, especially after that you know good second half performance against Sheffield United in in the game beforehand? Were you surprised to not see Rodrigo start? No, we know what Bielsa's like. He tends to uh, drip feed players in. I, I expect him to to start against Wolves, and I know we're yeah. going to get onto the preview in, in a bit, but. Um, yeah, I wasn't overly surprised. Bielsa is very loyal to his uh, to his starting starting players, so it doesn't really um, surprise me much. And every now and again, Tyler Roberts does have a, a good half of football um, yeah. when he's well. <laughs> that, that, that makes it sound like I'm judging him really harshly there, but you know, it's <laughs> it's just because he only ever tends to play a half. He doesn't seem to get ninety minutes as Tyler Roberts. Yeah. Um, even when he plays well. You know, I agree with, with the fact that I think Rodrigo will start against Wolves. I think that he does have to start from now on, especially after that performance against City. But uh, yeah, Rodrigo I thought was superb when he came on on 56 minutes. Of course, almost scored as soon as he did come on uh, with that effort from the left-hand side. He had no right to shoot from that angle, but he did anyway. Forced Edison into a good save. He tipped over the bar for the corner. And of course, Leeds United scored from that corner. Calvin Phillips whipping the ball in and Edison uncharacteristically uh, just missing the catch completely. And the ball uh, fell to Rodrigo, who uh, turned and, and tapped the ball home uh, to equalise for Leeds United, uh, to score his first goal of the season and first goal for Leeds United. Uh, and that was Leeds United's 650th goal in uh, 472 Premier League games, which is a, a fantastic stat. Thank you to uh, LUFC Stats, also known as Dalton, uh, for that stat. Uh, and that goal was also the 800th goal scored by a Spaniard in the Premier League. Uh, so yeah, Rodrigo breaking all kinds of records here. And yeah, Rodrigo almost got a second as well shortly after, meeting Luke Ehrlich's cross with his head, uh, forcing Edson into a really good fingertip save. And uh, yeah, Rodrigo, I thought, it, I thought it was brilliant when he came on. Uh, just really good. And it was just a really good game. Really, really good game of football. Leeds United were, were excellent in that second half, as you mentioned, with the substitutions there of of uh, Fernandinho and Ake. Manchester City were really under pressure and, and they needed to make some, some changes. And yeah, just a really good second half performance from Leeds. Just a really great, fantastic game of football. Very entertaining. A great tactical battle between Guardiola and Bielsa. Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, really open end-to-end. It was just a, a really, really good game of football, Charles, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just it's the kind of games I wanted to to watch when we got promoted. As, as we discussed in previous weeks, we've had a lot of, a long time playing Rotherham and Hull and Preston. It's just nice to actually play the, um, play the, uh, the big games. 
and compete, you know, at the highest level because that's what we're here to do. We're not here to make up the number. We're not Stoke or Burnley or Fulham. Or, we're not just here to own Norwich where we, where we get promoted, we get battered, we go back down, we win the championship, we get promoted, we get battered, we go back down. We do, I don't want to be that kind of club. The whole point of football is to compete. If you're not competing, there's no point. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's been other things in the news over the last couple, uh, over the last week or so about that, but obviously we're not discussing that. Um, but that's the point. The point is to compete. And if you can't compete, then you may as well not bother. So um, I'm, I'm pleased we can we can turn up and um, especially as a newly promoted side, that makes that makes it just that little bit sweeter to know that we can turn up and you know turn it on and not yeah. get demolished by 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 teams that are on much higher budgets than us. That that does fill me with pride. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one one hundred percent, and. You know, I think it was a really big statement, you know, from Leeds United. You know, just a statement of of intent, you know, to to show that yeah, we're not we're we're not here just to mess around and just you know just just roll over for the big teams and and go straight back down. You know, we are here to, you know, to do something in the Premier League. We are here to 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 achieve some big things. So yeah, I thought it was a really big statement. Uh, this result really, uh, it was quite nervy towards the end though. <laughs> really, you know, Leeds United were on the back foot again for the last ten or fifteen minutes or so. Uh, Manchester City creating a lot more chances. There were a few penalty shouts as well, which for me were never penalties. None of them were, were penalties, really. Um, Some of them were, were pretty questionable, to be fair. The Billy and Pupa challenge on Sterling. Yeah, that, that, that one that, springs to that, mind. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that one was a little bit marginal. I thought. Yeah. The ones where the one the one where he when Leif Davis just like challenges him for the ball and not, not even puts a foot in, just you know like basically physically bumps into him and he and he falls on his on his backside that was <laughs> that was pathetic and uh, that uh, pathetic and that was um yeah I, I like Sterling and he's a really good player but he, 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 he just spent a lot of time penalty. on the floor yeah he's he, he's just one of them he, he, he was shouting for a penalty every five minutes every time yeah. he got the ball in the box and he got dispossessed he, he just fell over and claimed for a pen on the yeah, off chance was, to give him one yeah it was just like a little spell where City were just fighting for penalties for some reason so uh but you know we were under under the cosh for 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 the last stages of the game, but luckily we held on to uh, to pick up that draw. Uh, do you feel as though Stuart Dallas was lucky not to see a red card during that in, uh, during that second half for his uh, his late challenge on Bernardo Silva? That was a horrible challenge, and yeah, he is lucky, especially with the, the yeah. VAR cameras on on him. He, he he literally just puts his foot into the side of his shin, so that's that's a red card. I mean, yeah, he mistimes it totally. So. He's a very lucky boy, though. Is is uh, Stuart? So, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, I think so as well. But uh, no, Leeds United, uh, you know, held on to to pick up that one-one draw, a very big and undeserved point, really. Uh, definitely a deserved point. I, I'd certainly say it was a it was a fair result. Would you? Uh, on the balance of play, I would I would say yes, especially given they only had um, that one shot on target, one or two shots on target. I think it's just one shot on target they had all game. Which is hilarious when you're playing a Pep Guardiola <laughs> side and you make them only have one shot. I think we had like seven or did we have was it six or seven shots on target? We had more possession. I think we, we even had more passes as well. So yeah, we did. Yeah. To do that to yeah, so to do that to a team which is famous for having for basically relentlessly firing shots on the opposition's goal at like Guardiola's team, passing team pitch and having like seventy percent possession to do that back to them was that was good. That, that, I, I did really enjoy that. As soon as Rodrigo scored, I was, I was looking at the clock and thinking, oh, it's like, like 30 minutes left here. It's a long <laughs> time to go. <laughs> We've got to hold on for a long time. It wasn't like the Sheffield United one where we basically just scored and then the game ended straight away. So, and that was, that was <laughs> far less stressful. 
Yeah, but no, it, it was incredible. And you know, to to look at the stats, you know, fifty three percent possession, pretty much against Manchester City. It's just insane. And we've we've had the most possession out of all of our first four games of the Premier League so far this season against Liverpool, the champions last season, fifty one point two percent possession. Uh, of course, away from home as well against Fulham, fifty uh, percent possession against Sheffield United, sixty three, near enough sixty four percent possession, and then against Manchester City, fifty two. 52% possession. No, it's just incredible stats, really. And um, yeah, we're, we're not here to mess about. It's, it's certainly been a fantastic start from Leeds United. Now, you know, Liam Gallagher of Oasis tweeted out afterwards that uh, with Aguero or Jesus, it probably could have been a different game. And, I, you know, I do somewhat agree. I think, you know, with, with a clinical striker for Manchester City, they probably could have finished a lot more of their chances because Sterling isn't an outright number nine, really. And, no, I think if there is a if there is a perfect time to get Manchester Manchester City, this was probably it because they did have quite a lot of injuries. But I don't think he I don't think he can take anything away from Leeds United. Really, I do think it was a uh, was certainly a, a deserved point. Uh, you know, a, a fair result really. Uh, that is Bielsa's thirteenth one all draw in ninety six league games at Leeds United for sick Fatellan Road. Um, and yeah, credit, credit to all those those Leeds United players. They, they really did do us proud to go up against a world class team in Manchester City. Putting a performance like that, pick up a result like that, it's just fantastic. Just absolutely surreal. Uh, that's our two wins, one draw and one loss from our first four Premier League games of the season. Uh, two of which coming against the top two from last season, which is just uh, insane. Uh, we have, of course, some seven points in the league table. Uh, yeah, it's just been it's just been a great start to the season, hasn't it, Charles? Fantastic. Um, and we've had a tough start as well because the fixtures haven't really fallen kindly. Playing two of the top two from last season is not brilliant yeah. for your first four games as a newly promoted team. And it, again, next game is Wolves. That's going to be tough as well because they're always um, in the top kind of seven or eight. So that's going to be hard. Um, but yeah, I'm very pleased with the points, Dally. I think if you'd have offered any Leeds fan seven points of the first four, I think you'd have snapped your hand off, really. So um, yeah, I am pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, certainly. It's been a a wonderful, wonderful start for Leeds United this season. Of course, our focus is now on the next game, which is, of course, against Wolverhampton Wonders at Ellen Road on Monday evening. Uh, we'll preview that game later on in the show. So since we last spoke, the Leeds United under-23s have played one game in which they lost 3-2 to Reading away from home. Uh, they did have to play that game without 18-year-old striker Sam Greenwood who has been very prolific for them so far this season. He unfortunately uh, picked up an injury while representing England at youth level uh, during the international break, and he will be out for around three to four weeks. Uh, Charles, uh, Greenwood's sure to be a, a big loss for the under-23s, isn't he? Um, well, yeah, because he got like five, five goals in his first three games. That was a phenomenal number. Those are, he should be in the first-team type of numbers. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it is, um, it is a big loss. Um, we, have, we seem to be picking up a lot of injuries at the moment. I don't know what that, why that is. Particularly on international duty, we're picking up a lot of injuries. Yeah, I think it's because um, we're going to discuss. We've, we've lost the Cooper and Renzi on international duty as well. To, to be honest, Scotland are kind of annoying me now as well because they're injuring Liam Cooper every time they call him up. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, not Scotland as a country. I'd like to, I'd like to say, but Scotland as a as a national football team, they're annoying me. To be uh, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Sam, Sam Greenwood is um, yeah, it's a fantastic player for the under twenty three. He'll be a big loss, but hopefully, um, Gal Hart can can make up the difference and uh, and still score a few goals. Yeah, certainly. Uh, a big shout out to Sam Greenwood as well, who picked up the uh, PL two Player of the Month 
award for September. Uh, a very good month. Yeah, as you say, five goals in, in three games, I think it was. So, uh, yeah, Sam Greenwood, a very good player. And he will be a big loss for the N23s, no doubt about it. Uh, despite that defeat, though, uh, Mark Jackson's side do remain third in the PL2. Uh, and yeah, hopefully they do bounce back from that defeat in their next game. Uh, elsewhere, the Leeds United Under-21s have played their second group stage game of the EFL Trophy, in which they drew 2 all away at Barrow. Uh, Max Dean scored a brace to give Leeds a 2-0 lead at halftime, but Barrow did equalise uh, late on in the game. And uh, if you don't know much about the EFL Trophy uh, in the group stage, basically, if you draw, then you get a point on the board. But games that have all square at the end of normal time, go to a penalty shootout. And the winner of that shootout gets an extra point for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why that is the case, but but that is the case. And uh, yeah, anyway, Babo won, won the shootout, unfortunately, and uh, picked up that extra point. But the League 21s do have their first point on the board in the EFL Trophy group stage, which is uh, great to see. And uh, yeah, congratulations to them. And hopefully they can, uh, can build on that, on that point. Um, and also, since we uh, last recorded the podcast, the uh, Leeds United women have drawn 0-0 at home with Chesterley Street Town. Uh, Dan O'Hearn's side uh, take on Bradford City next on Tuesday, the 27th of October, with that game kicking off at 7.45pm. So let's now have a look at some news. And since we last spoke, uh, both the international and domestic transfer windows have shut. And we've seen just one more player through the door at Leeds United in the shape of Brazilian winger Rafina, whose transfer was announced late on on Monday, the 5th of October, just before the 11pm deadline. The 23-year-old has joined Leeds from French side Rennes for a fee of around £17 million plus add-ons. He has signed a four-year deal at Ellen Road running until the summer of 2024, and he will wear the number 18 shirt at Leeds United. Uh, now, Charles, I must admit, I was getting quite worried for longer that this transfer rumbled on on that day. Uh, were you? It did give off certain Daniel James vibes, I have to be saying. <laughs> and I, and it, when it got to kind of 10 o'clock, I was thinking, this is an issue here. We probably should have got this done by now. <laughs> um, but then, obviously, they announced it on 10.30, so that was that was all right. That, that was good. Um, he's been given Pontius Janssen's number. Number 18, so um, which is good really because 18 is more of a winger's number than a centre half's number. Um, at least that's the way I see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, there was obviously a big outpouring of, of rage from the Rens fans at losing, which is always a good sign when you sign a player. <laughs> the fans of the club you've signed him from are good to lose him. Uh, from what I understand from the the Athletic, um, his teammates at Rens were didn't really didn't want to lose him either. They were trying to convince him to stay because I think he scored and assisted in the game before. I think he played but the day before. Yeah, it did, uh, yeah. The deadline day in a game and scored and assisted and then basically got you got on a got on a plane um <laughs> to to either, either Manchester or Leeds Bradford or which airport you got to. I'm not one of those people that tracked it planes going to airports. I think that's baffling <laughs> behaviour to be honest. Um <laughs> but yeah, it it's um it was very entertaining and obviously we can't I can't say the exact wording of some of the tweets, but Suffice to say, there was <laughs> the French fans are calling us a fish and chip country, and then they just saw Wilson, uh, big Craig Wilson, decided to um, take the mick out of them really with that picture of the uh, of the fish and chips next to the signing sheet <laughs> on the announcement photo, which, was, <laughs> which which made me laugh. Um, so yeah, that, that was great. Yeah, I'm I am actually looking forward to, to seeing him, especially given what we've what we've learned in the. Um, in Bielsa's pre-Wolves press conference uh, that was, I think it was yesterday or the day, possibly the day before, I think it might have been Friday, when he was saying that uh, he's adapted basically immediately to the system and can join join in with the main squad. 
um, as soon as possible, which is really encouraging to hear. Obviously, you got to go. You can't. You got to go off YouTube clips at this point because we haven't seen him play. We haven't seen him in in any game. So, as bad as it is, and as as good as John Vitaka looked on YouTube, but we have to go by YouTube clips. <laughs> and um, he does look like a good player. And um, yeah, he does. But I'm I'm not sure. I know Bielsa likes to have two players in each, each position, but I'm not sure we needed another winger. I, I, don't, I know it's probably not, probably not going to be popular me saying that, but I'm not sure it was strictly necessary. But, you know, if he turns out to be a well-beater, I'm happy to be made to look a mug once again. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, I, I don't think we did need a winger. We'll, we'll get onto that topic shortly, but... Um, no, I think Mafinia, you know, judging by by clips of him, you know, he certainly does look good, very fast, very skillful, has a has a wicked left foot coming in from that right hand wing. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think Mafinia does look quite good, and yeah, obviously with with you know the Ven fans not being too happy, I, I think that is good signs. And uh, yeah, I was getting nervy on on that day, as as long, you know as it was rumbling on, rumbling on, it did feel like a Dan James or Michael Creason situation. But um, no, thankfully Legion United got it over the line. Yeah, it certainly does look like a like a very good signing. Now, if you don't know too much about Rafinha, uh, he was born and grew up in Brazil, the uh, same city as Brazilian star Ronaldinho. Uh, he's had a meteoric rise in his professional footballing career after impressing in his one season at Cristiano Ronaldo's boyhood club sport in Lisbon, where he scored nine goals and registered five assists in 41 games, including in the Europa League. He made a move to French side Rennes on the final day of the 2019 summer transfer window for a reported fee of around 20.7 million euros, a move which Wren club president at the time said was the biggest transfer in the modern history of Wren. Rafinha had a great first season at Wren last season, scoring five goals and getting three assists in the league, helping Wren achieve their highest position in the league, qualifying for the Champions League with a third place finish. Uh, now, Charles, I think that speaks volumes of Rafinha, doesn't it really? You know, he could be playing Champions League football this season, but instead has decided to join newly promoted Leeds United. Maybe a bit mental, <laughs> maybe a bit mental, really, but I do think that does speak volumes, really. And it's, it's clearly the, the Marcel Bielsa fact in working its magic again. Yeah, I think it shows ambition as well. I think he um, the opportunity to play in the Premier League, I think, was a big attraction for him as well, to play against some of the best players in the world. I think he's um, he's seen that opportunity and I think I think he's decided that the project of Leeds is something worth um, investing himself in. So, um yeah, I'm I'm, ple- I'm really pleased that he's, he's chosen to come, and I think um, he said he'd watched um, clips of of Leeds playing um, against Liverpool and Manchester City, and I thought they were I thought they were just uh, I can't remember his exact wording, but essentially thought they were brilliant. So um, I thought we were brilliant um, in our style of play. Yeah, I, I, I really I really do think that he will probably adapt fairly well. We'll, we'll, we'll see though. There's a difference between yeah. looking good in training and looking good on the pitch, <laughs> as many players have proved in the past. So we'll, we'll see how he does. Yeah, yeah, we certainly will. But I, I, do, I do quite like the sound of him. You know, the fact that he has chosen to come to Leeds and already knows a lot about the club. I think that does speak volumes of of Rafinha, really. Um, this season, Rafinha has played six times for Ren, uh, scoring one goal and getting two assists. Uh, with that goal and one those assists, coming just 24 hours before his move to Leeds United, as we mentioned earlier, uh, which I think just shows he's got great character, you know, to know that he's gone, going to be leaving the club to still go out and put in a solid performance like that. It, it certainly is good size, isn't it, Charles? You know, with the fans not being happy, with Rafinha knowing a lot about Leeds United, putting in a good performance despite leaving uh, the club 24 hours uh, later, it, it is good signs, isn't it? It's promising signs. Yeah, I think it's um, it, do, it does show that he's, he's... 
I'll have a commitment, and I hope if he was, if, if he was to leave Leeds, he'd give us a similar parting present of a, of scoring an assist in his last game. So um, yeah, because because some players just just jack it in. I, I know obviously we we enjoyed the, the Chris Wood's final season, well not his final season because he left at the start of one of the seasons, but you know <laughs> the Gary Monk season where Chris Wood scored thirty goals, but the following season he he basically was was play, playing badly because he knew he was going to get the move anywhere and he knew he was moving <clears throat> to Burnley so he he, he didn't he, he commit himself played, he? He refi- yeah he refused to play against Sunderland so that that for me is it's, it's a bit it's disrespectful to be honest I think it's, I think it's disrespectful yeah. I understand why players do it but I think it's it's disrespectful to basically jack it in on the off chance you get injured when you've got people like Gitano Barabi <laughs> getting seven month long knee injuries by playing the final five games of a season and he got injured in a game where we were already promoted yeah and his contract was out was out uh, at the end of that season yeah. as well so uh yeah, I, I do think it. I do think it is a good sign that Rafinha, you know, he is putting good performances in for them despite leaving the club uh, shortly after. Uh, but as you say, though, and I'd agree with you, I don't think he is a player that we desperately needed. You know, I, I think that we already have enough wingers at the club, in my opinion, with Jack Harrison, Alioski, Helder Costa, Pereira, and Somerville. And then, if you count Stuart Dallas, that's six wingers at the club already. And all, and we've already got enough left foot, left footed forwards as well <laughs> in Rodrigo Bamford. Costa and, and Harrison. So I didn't think we, you know, it wasn't a player who we desperately needed, but of course now we've got him. I'm not going to complain because he is, he does look to be a, a fantastic signing and uh, yeah, he, he does seem to be a very good player. And it will certainly be interesting to see where he does fit in at Leeds United. He, he is now certainly one of, if not the most talented winger at the club. Uh, definitely has, has the best CV really. Uh, and he, and he will, certainly, will, certainly won't be far away from starting in, in, in the starting 11 anytime soon. But Costa and Harrison, they've, they've adapted to life in the Premier League well, really. They've had a good start to the season, both of them. And, you know, I, I'd say that they that Harrison and Costa don't deserve to be dropped anytime soon. Would would you agree? I would. I mean, Jack Harrison missed the last game due to his um, his, his loan obligations. Um, so we'll, we'll see if he if he comes back in. I think he probably will. I, thought, I think Ella Costa has had a very solid start to the season. It's a... Got a couple of goals and um, an assist. He's had a good start as well, and I thought his general play has been good. So it's nice to see a bit of competition. I prefer everyone being yeah. good than everyone being terrible. It's never great when everyone's off form. It's great when everyone's on form. And I'm sure Bielsa will enjoy this type of selection headache. Yeah, yeah, certainly. It certainly will provide some strong competition. And where does it leave Ian Pervedo as well, who, of course, played against uh, played well against Manchester City? What does that mean for him? It's certainly, it's certainly going to be exciting to see you know, the players, you know, they'll certainly improve, you know, each player will certainly improve their strong competition, you know, they'll they'll want to prove a point and uh, yeah, it's exciting really. It really, really is exciting and Rafinha definitely is a, a top, top player and a, and a very good addition and I'm, I'm very excited by it and looking forward to see to seeing him play really. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him uh, play for Leeds United. Of course, he, he, he is predominantly, I can't say that word, predominantly a left foot, a left winger, <laughs> A left winger, he can play on 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 the right winger rather. He's a right winger, but he can play on the left wing as well, and in the centre. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he does play, see how he adapts. But um, yeah, no number ten through the door, Charles. No midfielder, no proper number ten through the door, which is what we wanted. We, we've been saying it quite a lot on this podcast. We want a proper number. We wanted a proper midfielder through the door, but that hasn't happened. Uh, do you think that could come back to bite us this season at all, though? Possibly. It very much depends on how fit Pablo. And you know, consistent form-wise, Pablo Hernandez is. 
whether or not Forshaw ever returns. There's there's a lot of factors of whether or not it'll be devastating. I think it, as always with this squad uh, and with the squads that Bielsa has had, it's down down to injuries. If we have a lot of injuries, then there's going to be issues. If we don't, then I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be fine. I think uh, it'll just be a very long season for Mateus Click and Calvin Phillips once again in that central <laughs> midfield. So, but you know they're happy to do the work. So fair play to them. Yeah, yeah, certainly. You just saw that that click or, or Phillips don't get injured now as well. But um, yeah, I, I think what we've proved this season, you know, we, we've been without Pablo Hernandez for the past for the past two games or so, so or past three games in the league rather. So I think we've shown that we can adapt and you know can just keep on going without Pablo Hernandez. But I do think it would have been wise just to get you know a proper midfielder in, a proper number ten in, just to fill that hole when Pablo Hernandez isn't there really because we can't rely on him too much and Tal Roberts isn't doing too great. Rodrigo's been fantastic there, but for me, he's more of a number nine. So, yeah, I do think it would have been wise. It wouldn't have been a bad decision, you know, just to get another midfielder through the door. But nevertheless, we've got Rafinha. He's a very good signing. It's going to be good competition. And, uh, yeah, we'll need to see uh, how we do. But, uh, yeah, certainly a very good uh, signing is uh, Rafinha. Uh, We have also seen players leave Leeds United as well since we last spoke. Uh, A 19-year-old Polish midfielder, Mateusz Bogus, has joined Spanish side Lagrones on loan for the season. And I saw a lot of people not too happy with this. And, you know, I can understand why, really. I've seen Bogus play a few times. I've been very impressed with him. I think he is a very good, you know, young player, very talented player. And, of course, we don't have too many players in, in that midfield position. It would have been good to see him, you know, try and work his way into the first team, provide some some competition there. But let's face it, he, he wasn't going to get in the first team at Leeds United anytime soon, really. You know, he's not even making it on the, he wasn't even making it on the bench, so... I do think it was wise to, for him to, to find a loan move. Now, I, I don't want to go all talk sport moose about it, but I think it would have been nice for him just to stay in English football and learn the English game. But um, no, I think it is good that he has gone out and and, and, and gone on loan and, you know, in the hope to find some regular first team football. Uh, what about you, Charles? I think the pace of the Spanish game and the kind of technical passing with him being a number 10 might be useful for him. I think British football is usually better for in particular, hardening players up. So if you're sending a centre-back out on loan or a defensive midfielder out on loan, you want to send them down to like League One or League Two where they're going to be getting, they're going to be, you know, two-footing people every week and getting two-footed <laughs> themselves so, to toughen them up, basically. But um, as we've seen with um, with McCarmott and Gotts going out on loan as well, as we'll, we'll go on to discuss. But yeah, I think as a number 10, it might be better for him to uh, play, play in the Spanish leagues the Spanish league instead. Yeah. I think it's the yeah, is, it, is it Spanish? Is it the Spanish second division? Is in? Yeah. So yeah, I think it'd be I think it'd be fine, and that'd be interesting to see how he can develop. And I hope he's one of the few players that go that we sent to the league. Leeds United sent out alone, come back a better player. It seems yeah. that every time we send out a player alone, there seems to be their career with us. Other than other than Mateus Click, it tend to end badly. I think Click's yeah. the only example of someone where we send out send them out alone, they come back, and then they are much better. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you think of all the players who've gone out alone, Sibiki, Jeboy uh, Grot, you know, so, so many players who've gone out alone and just been dreadful. Lovins de Bock as well. So, um, uh, but no, Matash Bogus, he certainly is a good player. And, you know, I'm glad that he's gone out alone. And, you know, that's a fair point what you make, you know, about, you know, about Spanish game and English game. But, no, nevertheless, it is good that he's gone out alone in the hopes to find some first team minutes. And uh, hopefully he comes back a, a much improved player and we have uh, an exciting player on our hands uh, next summer. Uh, Bogus isn't the only youngster who has uh, gone out on loan. Uh, 20-year-old uh, midfielder Bobby Cox has joined League One side Lincoln City for the season, so good luck to him there. 
And we've also seen a, a member of the first team move on as well. A 31-year-old left-back, Barry Douglas, has joined championship side Blackburn Rovers on loan for the season. And at the end of the season, his contract at Leeds expires. So I think it's fair to say that he's moved on for good, really. And Charles, at first, I wasn't too bothered by this. You know, I wasn't too bothered by Douglas leaving. You know, he hasn't really done much during his time at Leeds United. You know, he certainly isn't the player we all thought we got from Wolverhampton Wonders, really. He's, of course, picked up many injuries as well, uh, unfortunately, and you know, hasn't featured for the first team many times. He's only played 44 times during his two years at Leeds United. You know, he wasn't a player, you know, we needed really. He wasn't going to start week in, week out in the Premier League. And, you know, I think that it's good that he has gone somewhere to get some, you know, hopefully regular first team football because I do quite like Barry Douglas and I do like to see him play. But, um, you know, Leeds made it a lot harder than it needed to be seeing him leave with all these open letters from Victor Orta and everything. It was, uh, you know, it was lovely to see, really. It was a nice touch. And he is the first of the uh, permanent promotion lads to, to leave. So, um yeah, I mean, I, I got to agree with you. I think it was potentially a bit too, uh, making people a bit too misty-eyed when it, it didn't need to be. But yeah, I'm, I think I look back on Barry Douglas as a good squad player at Leeds United, but not the player we needed in that position. And I, I don't think he, I agree with you, I don't think he was the player we wanted when we when we signed him. Um, but he seems like a lovely bloke with a nice family. He seems like a great squad player. He seems like he was great for the dressing room and he's very popular with the, with the management and with the... Um, the players and we also were saying that he regrets he couldn't enable Douglas to try I think he said triumph but I think he might have meant flourish under Bielsa's management but you know I'm, I'm, I'm fair play to Barry Douglas he, he, when he did play he was, he was, he was alright he did, did a job he was involved in the yeah. uh, it was going up so um, yeah he, he doesn't leave on any bad terms the Leeds fans and I'm sure yeah. he'll be, be welcome back if we were to ever you know, but Blackburn somehow managed to get promoted, or if we draw him in the cup, or God forbid we get relegated. <laughs> I'm sure we'll see him again. Yeah, yeah, he's certainly a yeah, very likable, likable player. Very good to have him in the, in the dressing room. Really, plenty of experience. You know, he he, he did seem to be loved by the players and, and management. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's a good player. You know, I do I am quite a fan of Barry Douglas, but he wasn't going to get in the first team at Leeds United anytime soon. And I am pleased for him that he has gone out. You know, to to try and find some regular first team football. Hopefully, so. Uh, so yeah, good luck to Barry Douglas. You know, I'll be thankful for for all he's done at Leeds United, of course, helping us win that promotion. You know, I'll always remember his performance against Millwall, where he only had one good leg and he and he squared it to uh, uh to Luke Aylin. So um, so yeah, I'll always be thankful for for what Barry Douglas has done. And uh, yeah, good luck to him over at uh, Blackburn Rovers. Um, and yeah, that's it for the 2020 summer transfer window. Twelve players through the door at Leeds United, seven of which for the first team and three of which were already at Leeds United last season, and uh, five youth players going out on loan with Douglas also leaving. Uh, Charles, what would you rate Leeds United's transfer window uh, this summer out of 10? 8.5. It would have been 10 if we'd have got a, a proper attacking midfielder. I think we got everything else we needed pretty much. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with the business. I think we have properly invested now. There's no hide behind it. We have spent 100 million quid. So if we need to kind of back that up with... With some with a good with a good finish and um, hopefully not do what Aston Villa did and rely on some faulty technology to stay up after spending 100 million that will that will do nothing nothing for my nerves that so um, I hope we stay up on <laughs> and uh, and you know achieve a good finish yeah I, I'd certainly agree I I'd, I'd give it a you know certainly a solid eight uh, yeah eight point five yeah solid eight to eight point five certainly it's been 
a wonderful transfer window, spending near enough £100 million, which is just absolutely insane. I, I still can't get my head around the fact that Leeds United have gone out and got players like Rodrigo and spent this amount of money. It, it really, really is just unbelievable, you know, from, from being excited about the £1 million signing of Luke Murphy and the, and the you know the rivals of Nicky Jose just six years ago to now signing Rodrigo for £27 million plus add-ons. You know, it's just incredible spending this amount of money in a transfer window. It really is just, just insane. And yeah, the business has been great. I agree with you. I, I'd give it a ten rating if we did get a proper number ten, proper midfielder through the door. But you know, other than that, I think the additions have been superb. And the fact that all these youngsters have gone out on loan as well, we hopefully have a lot of good, you know, very good, promising youngsters return to four parts next summer. So that's very exciting. And uh, yeah, I think the business by Leeds United has, has been, you know phenomenal really and massive credit to Andre Rosani and Victor Otto as well the director of football who has been linked with a few moves away from Leeds United Roma apparently uh, offered him a, a lucrative deal but um, Victor Otto is going nowhere and why would he Victor Otto is in the middle of of a of a job here at Leeds United it's only just got started really with the fact that we've just been promoted so yeah Victor Otto he's, he's brought me also and bought all these players in why would he leave he wouldn't. So, uh, yeah, Victor Walter is staying at Leeds United. And, yeah, big credit to, to him. It's been a, a phenomenal transfer window, uh, in my opinion. And, yeah, Charles agrees. So, uh, yeah, fa- fantastic window. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what we can do in uh, in January and next summer as well, uh, if we do stay up. So, uh, yeah, fantastic summer transfer window from Leeds United this year. Uh, yeah, big credit big credit to uh, everyone at the club for, for bringing in the players who we have. Uh, moving on, uh, it is it has, of course, been the international break and with many Leeds United players going out on international duty, there is that big risk of players picking up injuries on international duty and Leeds are now, unfortunately, without two senior centre-backs, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, 27-year-old Spaniard Diego Llorente and club captain Liam Cooper uh, will be out. Uh, we'll miss them for the uh, foreseeable future. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> well, I think I think Yorente's injury is a bit worse. I think he's a couple of weeks. I think Cooper's he's having a late fitness test on Monday. I think he if he misses if he misses the Wolves game, I think he'll be back for the for the Villa game. It seems like he's not as far off and doesn't seem to to be as bad. But I am sort of sick of Scotland injuring Liam Cooper every time every chance they get. It's, it's kind of annoying. I think Juventus had a few injury problems in the past as well, so it's not entirely surprising that he's picked up a, a couple of injuries there. Um, but he's not started at the moment as Juventus, so that's not as big of an issue. We we, we do need um, Cooper back in, although I, I trust Streak to do a job. I yeah. just um, I would rather we had a bit more, you know, stability in the back line. Just a few weeks yeah. of the, the same back four playing together that <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. And you know, Cooper's for captain. We're of course going to miss for club captain, aren't we? And uh, you know, yeah, Levente, you know, it was really good on the international break. You know, he did a good job against Ronaldo when when Spain faced Portugal. So, um, yeah, it'll be a big miss. But, yeah, it wasn't starting. But Liam Cooper, we'll, we'll certainly miss him. Uh, but, you know, I do trust Jurek. You know, we, we do have options there. You know, of course, Robin Cock and uh, Pascal Sturick can can be uh, the two centre-backs in a back four. Could potentially move to a back three as well of Ailing. Uh, Cock and Struick with Dallas and and Alioski as the fullback, so we do have options there, but yeah, we we don't have a we don't have a centre back on the bench really. So um, yeah, it, it is annoying to, to have these injuries, but hopefully, yeah, uh, you know, uh, good luck to uh, UNT and, Cube, and Cooper. Hopefully, they do uh, recover well and they're uh, quickly, and we do have them back uh, very very soon. Thirty uh, five year old Pablo Hernandez though is back, which is fantastic news. Uh, Charles, does Hernandez go straight back in for you? 
I would probably use him like we used him towards the end of last season, where I would start Rodrigo um, in the number 10. And if it's going well, then that's fine. Keep Rodrigo on for 90 minutes. If it's not, and um, we need a bit of inspiration, bring Pablo on, uh, you know, for the last 30, 35 minutes and see see what he can do. Because he was devastatingly effective doing that towards the end of last season, just bringing him on against tied opposition and putting a few nice moves together and tearing him to pieces. So I think I would I would use him a bit more intelligently. I think starting him, would would probably be a bit of a mistake, especially with him coming back from injury. Yeah, I'd agree. I think, yeah, an impact's up, really, you, you could say. So, uh, but no, it's good that Hernandez is back. But yeah, I'd agree with you. I, I wouldn't throw him straight into the starting 11. Um, and finally, 32-year-old defender Gaetano Bavari has signed a new one-year deal at Leeds United uh, with the club helping him through his injury. Uh, we mentioned this earlier. Uh, Charles, this is great stuff by the club, really. You know, awarding a player for his tremendous loyalty and, you know, seeing him through his through his recovery, it's a tremendous stuff by the club. Yeah, I think it's um, because he could have easily just said, "Well, I'm, I'm out of contract. Um, I don't, I don't want to play the last five games. I want to go back to Italy. I want to relax over there." And he didn't. He said, "I'll happily play if you need me. I'll, I'll play in the games." And he ended up getting an injured in the game. We didn't even need to win. <laughs> it was a more, more or less a friendly against Ar- an unfriendly because it's against Derby County. Um, <laughs> and then. Yeah, so I, I, I did feel for the guy at the time, especially the amount of contracts. But um, it is good for the club to see him through his through his injury, and I hope he can make some kind of impact this season, even if it's only brief. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the club could have easily gone. Well, you know, you're going to be out for the entire season with an injury. We don't really want to pay you. You, you, you can go back home to Italy with, with this injury. But no, Leeds United have offered him a contract, and they're going to pay him and see him through his recovery. Which, yeah, I, I think is is just absolutely marvelous when you got. Clubs like Arsenal second their mascot going to solve us because they can't afford to pay his, you know, more than likely minor wage. And then Leeds United are here uh, giving money to a lot of money to a player who's going to be out for the entire season with an injury. So, uh, yeah, it's tremendous stuff by Leeds United. Let's now have a look ahead to Leeds United's next game, which sees them take on Wolverhampton Wonders at Ellen Road on Monday evening, kicking off at 8 p.m. live on Sky Sports. Uh, Charles, this should be another fascinating game with two very good footballing sides going head to head. Yeah, and they're similar to Sheffield United in the way that they play that. Is it three four three? They kind of play, so they'll be playing. <clears throat> I imagine they'll, they'll revert to a three five two at some point during the game as well. So I think well, we might end up playing three centre halves in our in our defensive shape. So because we'll, that's we know we know that's what Bielsa likes to do when we're up against two strikers. So um, I think. Yeah, it it will be it'll be interesting. They've had a very mixed start to the season, but they're obviously a very established squad, a very decent manager, and uh, some very very dangerous players. I think Traore in particular and Jimenez are very dangerous players. So we'll 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 see how we do against them. Ruben Neves as well, great player. So they they have they have got a lot of a lot of dangerous. And Rui Patricio in goal, he's a, he's a very solid goalkeeper. So yeah, it's um by no means a a banker. I think it's going to be tough, but um. I trust. I trust the guy, the lads, to get it done. I think we'll. Um, I'm confident about this one, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's certainly going to be a very tough game. Wolves are a very good team, very established team, and an established Premier League team as well. You know, they've done great since their promotion from the Championship in 2018, qualifying for the Europa League in their first season back in the Premier League, reaching the quarterfinals of the Europa League last season, while also finishing seventh in the Premier League again. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're a very you know established team, a good team. Uh, Nuno's side though, they have had a, a mixed start to the season though, as you mentioned. You know they've they've won two and lost two of the opening uh, four league games. Uh, one of those <coughs> losses was a four nil defeat at West Ham United. <laughs> Incredibly, so um, 
yeah, they, they have had a mixed start to the season. The 15th in the, in the league table on six points, just five uh, points above the uh, relegation zone. Uh, so, yeah, Charles, you know, Wolves, they have a good side, but it'll be interesting to see what Wolverhampton Wanderers turn up on Monday night, won't it? Yeah, um, obviously they've had a bit of trouble with um, a lot of their players being Portuguese and away in international duty and a bit of coronavirus breaking out in the Portuguese um, camp. But it seems that all the players are testing negative, so there's no issue there. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how well they play out. I think particularly because it's at Ellen Road, I'm expecting them. And they're infamous for their they're kind of lightning fast attacks, aren't they? With them. And fly, basically flying, uh, playing centre-hours and full-backs. So we'll, we'll see how that goes down. I think we'll, um, we'll definitely have the lion's share of the possession. I think they will try and hit us on the break with a bit of speed and a bit of quality and hope they can take their chance. That's how I would play against Leeds if I was, if I was managing a team. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I expect them to do, to do that. And I think we just have to be wary. We just have to be defensively solid and alert. And I think we will get our chances. And I think if we can keep our, our conversion rate at what it currently is, I, I think there's no reason why this, uh, we can't go ahead and win this game. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we're certainly going to have to be on the top of our game if we do want to pick up any points from this game. Uh, 100%. You know, Wolves, yeah, as, as we mentioned, they are a good side. You know, great players. Adama Traore, Jimenez. Yeah, just, some, just a really, really good team. And we will have to be on the top of our game. But... No, we are going into this game in decent form. You know, two wins, one draw. So unbeaten in, in our last three games. It'd be great to remain unbeaten. So yeah, decent form. So yeah, it will, it will, it will certainly be uh, be an interesting game. And, you know, I'm, I'm like you, Charles. I am quietly confident heading into this. I am quietly confident. Leeds, however, have lost their last three meetings with Wolves. And uh, the last two uh, in which we got battered, 4-1 away and then 3-0 at home. So we don't have a good, decent record against Wolves. But... Um, can you see us turning it around here? Can can you see us winning this game? What's your what's your score prediction for Monday night? Well, I mean that team that they tore to pieces in that seventeen eighteen season is nowhere near the same team that's uh, that's um, that, that we've got now. Different culture, different uh, manager, a lot of different players. Some of the same players, but you know they've been massively improved. So I don't, I don't put too much relevance on the last couple of results, and especially with them being a couple of years ago. Yes, move about the score prediction. I think it'll be a two-one win. Yeah, I'm quite confident as well. I reckon we'll, uh, I reckon we'll pick up three points. So I'm going to go for for a three-one win to Leeds United. I'll, I'll go three-one to Leeds United. Uh, what's your lineup as well for this game? Do you think Rafinha will start? No, it'll be a bench player. With Bielsa's comments in, is is pretty much about him adapting quickly. I still, I think he'll make the bench. I think it's uh, very unlikely he'll start. But what about Rodrigo as well? Do you think do you think he he may start? I think he will start. I would start him, uh, but we know what Bielsa's like. But I, I think he will start. And then the defence as well. Who, who goes in for you? Is, is it a back four? Was it, a, or is it a back three for you? Well, we're short on centre halves anyway, so I think it'll either be Stuart Cock and Ailing in a back three, or it'll be Stuart Dallas, Stuart Cock, um, Ailing in a back four. I think Cooper will likely fail the fitness test, but I'm, I'm hopefully won't. But I think he will. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Hopefully, he doesn't fail a fitness test. But yeah, if he is out for this game, then yeah, definitely, uh, yeah, either a back three and uh, or yeah, a back four. And if it is a back three and it is win backs, obviously Dallas would be the right win back. Who would be left win back for you? Would it be Alioski or would it be Leif Davis, who you know did quite well against Manchester City? I don't know. I don't know. Who I, would, I, would, I, would, I didn't think Alioski played particularly well against Manchester City, um, but we're not really used. In that position, so I'm probably going to go with Alioski just for, for for experience sake. Um, although I am yeah. a big fan of Leif Davis. 
Yeah, no, I'd agree. I, I am big fan of Leif Davis, but yeah, I think just experience-wise, and then I think it's safer to go with Valioski, really, uh, definitely. But um, no, certainly will be an interesting game on Monday night, and uh, hopefully Leeds United can pick up all three points. Well, that does bring us to the end of episode 77 of the All Things Leeds podcast. Uh, thank you very much, as always, to Charles for joining me. Thanks for having me on, Matt. Yep, no worries. Thank you for, for always joining me as always, mate. And uh, hopefully you have a, uh, have a have a good week and the rest of your weekend, mate. Um, and thank you as well to uh, everyone who has uh, listened or watched. We uh, really do uh, appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed, then why not subscribe or follow the podcast? Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you are listening on there. Or even if you're not and you have an Apple device, then go straight over to Apple Podcasts, search All Things Leads, and then give us a five-star rating. That'll be a uh, uh, very much appreciated and share the podcast around as well it, do, it very much does help us out when we do very much appreciate it uh follow all things leads on social media we are on facebook twitter and instagram search up all things leads one on twitter and instagram search up all things leads on facebook and subscribe to the youtube channel as well all things leads uh but yeah charles and i we will be back uh next week uh so for now take care stay healthy stay safe and we'll see you see, see you soon bye-bye <laughs>